award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Hey, thanks for watching. Thanks for Ledbetter. He's a ho- one of the hosts on Kill and Eat TV, so it's going to be a fun show having him on. He's been turkey hunting this year and chasing some birds, and uh, I think he's got some stories for us. So it should be a fun conversation. And uh, got Mr. Matt Cameron. He's an outreach and communications coordinator out in East Tennessee, and he's going to help me co-host today. Uh, thanks for having you both. Glad y'all are both here. I'm glad to be here. Um, awesome, Jason. Thanks for letting me co-host with you again, man. Especially talking about turkeys, one of the most uh, funnest, most funnest things I guess you could say to hunt in the woods, <laughs> and the most frustrating things to hunt in the woods. That's for sure. That's for sure. I know turkey season's been going well here in Tennessee. We've got a lot of folks out now that the COVID nineteen pandemic's kind of hit. You know, folks are out doing more outdoorsy things, and I think license sales are up. I think folks are out there hunting and fishing, and uh, I think the turkey harvest is up this year. So it's good to see uh, folks out there enjoying the outdoors. Absolutely, man. Gabe, I wanted to start and just uh, let you introduce yourself. And uh, I know you're in Missouri, based out of Missouri, and do a lot of hunting all over the U.S. But uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, man. So, like I said, man, I'm, I'm from Kansas originally, a Kansas boy, born and bred. And, been in Missouri now for the last few years and like you said I'm one of the hosts of Killing E TV and I also run Hill Creek Outfitters with my brother we have an awesome time doing that so when it's all said and done man we get to have a lot of fun and do a lot of hunting and good eating and that's what it's all about for us man awesome awesome and uh you um you met Matt or Matt came across y'all's uh y'all's Instagram and Facebook pages I guess that's at Kill and Eat TV uh, you got a website, Killing Eat TV, but he came across your stuff and 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 met you guys and and said these would be some awesome guys to have on the show. So we're glad you're here with us today. And and now we're in business with him, man. We worked out a partnership with him, and so we're working with John T. Babb just now at Killing Eat, and and we're having an awesome time doing that. And we're excited about that as well. So it's awesome. a good time, man. Awesome. Yeah, I'll go awesome. ahead and throw it up. Here's what we're collaborating on. I don't know if you can see it or not, but a long beard version of our <laughs> of our beard wax. Uh, everybody needs everybody needs one of those man <laughs> every, every outdoorsman with a beard could use some of that and <laughs> so anyway long beards and beards just go together and i'm tickled to be in, in partnership with you guys yeah uh, us too man and if you guys got any turkeys on the wall i'm sure that wax work just as good on their beards just keep them looking <laughs> nice i hadn't thought about that we have to market it that way you. yeah that goes for you and your turkey mounts man <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's awesome that's awesome well how's your season been going so far gabe what you what you been up to you are you limited out yet man i wish i wish i could say i was you know but as a turkey hunter i feel like and you guys you know give me your input on this but i feel like uh you know about once every three years or so you kind of have a different season and this is kind of my different season you know when turkey hunting's good it's good you know it goes textbook you walk in there sit down underneath a roosted bird and and he flies down on top of your decoys and you kill him. And that's turkey hunting at its best. So that's how it normally goes. And this, I'm kind of in one of my off years. It's just a little bit different right now. Uh, I mean, I've been chasing birds in Kansas and I got out to my absolute best property in Kansas, man. And, and actually a fire got out of hand on our neighbor's property and uh, burnt through most of ours, which is not the end of the world, but it did change the, it did push the turkeys 
to the opposite side of the property where there's not a lot of open country to set up decoys. So it's been a little bit, been a little bit of a different season so far, but it's been fun chasing them anyways. Are you hunting mostly private land or public land there where you're, where you're at? That's a, that's a private and that's what I've been hunting mostly this year is private ground. So, yeah. We'll have to get you to Tennessee sometime soon. Maybe you can check. Yeah. Hey, somebody's public. Yeah, you cut out on a little on me a little bit there, but I think you said chasing turkeys on public ground in Tennessee. I'd be all for it, man. I've been I've been to Tennessee. You guys got some gorgeous country out there, man. Really do. So yeah, that'd be sounds like a good time. Awesome. Yeah, uh hey Matt, chime in there. I know you you've been chasing some birds this year in Tennessee and, and, and you struggled there initially, but I think you connected there uh, just recently. Yeah, my batting average is pretty low this year, I'll just say. You know. <laughs> called one down to my my son on the youth hunt and uh, unfortunately uh, he missed that one and uh, been close a couple times and and I finally did connect on one um, a couple weeks ago uh, so this you know, feels blessed as I can be to, to even have one this year but I've probably been in the woods 20 plus times and and last year it was easy for me I, I'm kind of like uh, Gabe here um, I think I killed uh, I killed one and my son killed three and I called another one in for my nephew so man I thought I knew what I was doing until this year I've been humbled quite a bit well I, I definitely I don't know what I'm doing I, I've only turkey hunted for three or four years now and and uh I'm, I get excited to get out there and chase birds and I've I've had people tell me well, your, your call sounds good but you know I don't <laughs> I've only connected with two birds and this year I've had no luck so I'm, I don't have a story to tell so we'll, we'll move <laughs> on <laughs> uh, but um but yeah so I was hoping Gabe could could enlighten us a little bit, tell us about some tips uh, for chasing birds through the middle of the season. We're right in the middle of the season for for Tennessee, and and you know the turkey hunting seems to slow down, you know, as as the season moves on. But I'm still seeing a lot of birds here in Tennessee for sure. But uh, how would you uh, give us some tips, or what would you tell us if we're going to try to chase birds in the middle of the season and, and the pressure's been on them? Yeah, I'm man, I'm a big believer that the reason that it slows down like it does a lot of times, it's kind of like soldiers, man, when they've been at war for a while, uh, sometimes they get tired and weary, man, and it can be the same way in the turkey woods. And uh, so I think middle of the season, if a guy can really do a lot more scouting than he does hunting and figure out what the numbers are like, you know, for instance, on that same piece of property in Kansas last year, I sat down there three days in a row, man, and all three days I had 17 uh, jakes come in at the same place three days in a row, man, and it was just it was just brutal as far as getting longbeards in there because, hey, longbeard's not going to hang around when he's got 17 jakes whooping up on him all day long. Mm. And so when you, you just got to know, man, if you can do your scout and know what the density of, of jakes and toms are, then you can know what decoys to put out, man, and I think – I think that plays a huge role in it. If you can figure out what your property looks like, how many jakes you got on it. Cause the last thing you want to do when a bird's been uh, being whipped up on by a bunch of jakes is go out there and put a strutting jake in, on top of a hen, you know, because the chances are he's not just going to come strolling in there and beat him up, you know? So I think a lot of times what you can do, man, is you can, you can change the game by, you know, putting just a, just a standing jake maybe or, but I definitely wouldn't throw up a dominant fan, you know, late season, middle season like that, because I just, I just don't think you're accomplishing what you're wanting to do. I think you need to paint, paint the picture and, and, you know, kind of face, I like to face a decoy, a, 
at me. So, you know, the, like a, an old Tom that's maybe been whooped up a couple times, he can kind of sneak in from the back and feel like he's got the, the upper hand. And I think there's a lot of things you can do like that in the middle of the season or late season uh, to kind of turn things in your direction and in your favor. Uh, but, Matt, you got any input on that? What did you think about that, man? I mean, what would you say about that middle season turkey hunting? I'm finding out that going to the woods too often can actually hurt your, your turkey hunting chances. And it, it kind of sounds backwards. You know, you think the, the law of averages would tell you the more times you go, the, the more chances of success that you can have. But I think I've put too much pressure on the two properties that I've been hunting and I have educated those birds and I'm not a great caller, uh, primarily friction caller. And, and I think they've gotten used to the calls that I'm using. Um, I've been using a strutting Jake as well. I'm glad you brought that up. And in my mind, I thought, well, maybe that's going to um, aggravate those gobblers that I've got a strutting Jake out here with his hen and maybe they'll come in and whoop him. But I just found out uh, this past week, exactly what you said, that a group of Jake's will actually beat up a gobbler. It's, it's just a numbers yeah. thing and, and run him out. So I, I feel like that's probably a, a lot of uh, my problem is they'll come and they'll look at me from a hundred yards, 120 yards and you know, they'll check it out, but there's no way I can close the deal. No matter what I did, I could not get those birds to come on in. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Do now I'm, uh, I'm resorting. Sorry about that, Jason. Um, good. I, I feel like now um, I'm putting the calls down and I've been scouting more exactly what you said, and I feel like I know where the birds are coming or going to when they fly down off the roost. I know where they're heading, so I'm just going to try to get out in front of them, cut them off, and, and, and try to pick one off, you know, kind of deer hunt them, I guess you could say a little bit. And to me, that's not nearly as fun as calling that bird into you and watching him strut. Uh, that's kind of why I turkey hunt. But um, I guess desperate times call for desperate measures. And, and I think <laughs> just try to pick one off uh, here for the remainder of the Tennessee season. So you y'all both mentioned the decoy. Do you think the decoy is is uh, is still needed during this time of the year, or you think, yeah, um, I mean, you, you, are you going to use one mid season? If I did, I would only probably use a, a feeding hen or or something like that, or maybe a, a Jake that's that's not um, strutting. I, I think a lot of the breeding's over with where I've been hunting. They don't don't seem to be that active as far as looking for a hen talking to them i think they're just going back to feeding i feel like the the gobblers are trying to group back up now and hang out with the boys if you will so i'm probably going single decoy or no decoys at all and, and just trying to get in front of them and, and pick one off i'd i'd say i'm with matt on that one man you just got to be if the turkey hunt is tough then you just need to be you need to be careful about how you use a decoy i just think it can make a huge difference on uh like he said i think you could just you know maybe not even take one or just put out a just put out a feeding hen, something that's real relaxed, like Matt said, and I think you'd be a lot better off than than going with the typical fanned out tom and standing over a hen. I think you'd be a lot better off, like Matt said. Cool. So let's let's jump into um, let's jump into the call. What kind of uh, what kind of call are you are you using this time of year? Uh, does does as the year changes, do you move from a slate to a box to mouth call, or do, do you jump around, or what's your what's your preference? For me, man, I just if you got two or three different tones, uh, I think it's all you need. And as far as box call goes, I'll be honest with you, you know, when I'm in Kansas, I'll carry one because you got to fight a lot of wind in Kansas. So I will take one when I go to Kansas. But uh, a lot of times I don't even have to use them. It just all depends on where you locate a tom at and what kind of wind you got through. But most of the time I think anybody's 
better off for the slate call. If you can just learn to use one at all, they just sound, they just sound the best. They really do. They sound the most natural. And if you can just work with one a little bit, a little bit of practice and you can sound, you can sound good enough to just kill a turkey on a good day, man. And uh, so I think, I think slate calls and mouth calls, you know, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll keep a mouth call in my mouth underneath the face mask. That way, if a tom comes in and he closes, closes the distance and maybe you're hunting by yourself and you're, you know, you got two hands on his shotgun. When he gets in, he gets in sight. You know, if if you can see a turkey, then he can see you. So you got to forget about the movement then. So you know, you have to lay you'll have to lay the slate call down and then switch to a mouth call. So I think it's good to be prepared and have both for sure in a situation like that. Hmm. Yeah, that mouth call is tough for me. I've never really never really tried, I guess, or, or mastered the mouth call. So I mean, you know, uh, maybe just a little. Uh, little bark or something with with your, with your mouth might might be might work you never know yeah yeah just a few clucks here and there yeah. man you might be golden. yeah yeah um so so do you get more aggressive mid-season with your calling or, or do you still you know what's your pattern what's your pattern this time of year so for me for me matt why don't you take that one man i took the last one i'll jump in after you you go ahead and take that one well just from my observations, I'm not seeing a lot of that breeding activity anymore. And it got so hot early here. I think the beginning of the season was just prime for Tennessee, at least in East Tennessee, where I've been. And that's been a few weeks now. And I think that breeding activity slowed down. I'm seeing hens off by themselves um, a lot. I feel like they're they're sitting on their nests already. And uh, I just don't think the gobblers are as interested as they were. But having said that, I've been on social media and a lot of folks around me that I know uh, had birds work for them just like you'd want them to and called them right in but where i've been it's either i've educated them too much they don't pay any attention to me or they're, they're done uh with the breeding so i feel like the aggressive calling isn't working it was working for me early on i was getting them to come and look now they're not even really paying attention to it either my calling's bad which i, I know it's not very good or they're just not that interested in in the excited uh, calls right now yeah that makes a lot of sense man and i would say for me it's uh you know, for me, the kind of rule of thumb is if if a, if a tom's not just cutting me off, then I'll just kind of I'll kind of lay off and and just kind of be more patient. And then, and that's not the funnest way to turkey hunt. Everybody wants to get out there and have a tom run him over, and every time he calls, and the tom cuts him off, goblin. And that's the, that's turkey hunt at its best here in the Ozarks. You know, we're some call this the home of turkey hunting right here where we're at, and that's the way we like it the best. We want to be ran over by a tom, you know, but. When it's not working like that, you just sometimes you get like you said earlier. You just got to become more of a, a deer hunter, which that's not really what you want to do in the springtime. I get it. Everybody wants to run and gun and enjoy the nice weather, but sometimes when it's when they're just not just they're not cutting you off, you just got to relax, and be patient, and you know. And, and and what I like to do myself if if a turkey's hung up or he's just not real active, not being real vocal. I like to sit back and I'll wait for him to gobble. A lot of times he may gobble at a crow or whatever he gobbles at, but when he does that, I'll cut him off with a call. And then we'll kind of switch the roles. We'll, we'll, we'll switch from turkey hunting as normal to him cutting me off and I'll start cutting him off. So that's like what I like to do late season. I think if you can switch the roles and you, uh, you, you know, you show him that, that you're just going to cut him off and you start calling him, I think a lot of times that, that really helps them late season like that. 
when they're not near as active. The next part I wanted to hit on was kill and eat. I mean, the second part of your name is eat. So tell us, uh, y'all utilize everything, right? I mean, it's all about the the harvest and, and taking home some meat for the family and that kind of thing, right? Absolutely, man. We love to eat. That's for sure. <laughs> Any tips on recipes and ideas for folks that are that are turkey hunting or got a bird in the freezer already? Uh, what's your favorite recipe with a with a big gobbler? Man, for me, you know, I, I like trying new things and new recipes, and I don't care. You know, I'll try, I'll try some crazy stuff. I don't really care. I'll, I'll, I'll eat it all. But, you know, with all that new recipes and all those other things, I always seem to come back to the good old turkey nuggets, man. Chop them up about one-inch slices, put them in egg, batter that thing, and salt and pepper, and throw it in some deep grease. And, and that, man, I, I think, for me, that is absolutely the best way to have turkey is just turkey nuggets. And, uh, you know, it's just – you don't got to get fancy with it. It's just scramble you up, scramble you up some eggs and, and throw it in there, get you a good thick batter on there. Salt and pepper, man, you'll be fat and happy. <laughs> Matt, what's your favorite? I know you uh, – I think i seen some Instagram post or a Facebook post or something. You'd cooked something up here recently. What, what's your favorite? We're eating some from last year right now and saving the one I killed recently, you know, for later. But we had it stir-fried the other day, which was, was really, really good. I had some deer tenderizer. I, I bet that was good right there. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent. It, it tenderized it pretty good um, with all the vegetables in there, had the, had the deer with it. So it, it came out really nice with some, some rice and a, and a baked potato. So nothing fancy. Um, it turned out pretty good. We've tried it in a crock pot earlier this year. Um, it didn't come out as tender as we'd hoped. So I've been told if you add some, some butter and some you know, fat to that, that it, that it helps tenderize it but have y'all ever cook them in a crock pot at all Gabe I haven't done that I haven't done it in a crock pot but what I have done is just a skillet over an open fire and get your grease in there and, and just get enough not to where you not to where your turkey's just standing in there but you know if you get you know just an old-fashioned old-fashioned skillet with some grease on it and, and if you can this is the this is the most tender you might try this and see what you think but this is the most tender way I've had it is to uh, if you can get those slices a lot thinner and I'm talking about less than an inch thick, uh, both ways. And you can just kind of flash fry those things. You know, you batter it just like you're going to deep fry it, and then you throw it on that grease and just flash fry it for, you know, a good minute on each side. And that's Boy, that's some tender stuff right there, man. Yeah, man, it's like after 6.30 here in the Eastern time, man. I'm getting – been getting hungry. I think my <laughs> that's me and my wife done said supper will be ready at seven thirty here, <laughs> and I, I, so I'm looking forward to it, man. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Gabe, uh, do y'all have a uh, a kill and eat recipe that you could send to us that we could post uh, for our yeah. followers? A absolutely, man. Let me let me grab you my main ingredient right here. Uh oh, we got the. Let me give you just throw a little plug in here for you guys that are going to watch this by video. But this stuff right here. Uh, you know, we, we partnered with this company and this guy, Shifty Seasoning. And, uh, man, this is such a clean seasoning. I mean, if you look at the ingredients, if you're into all this, this thing is just, it's, it's really a healthy thing. And one of the, one of the, this might throw you off a little bit, but one of the main ingredients in it is coffee. And, uh, hmm. and then it's got all the good stuff in there, man. But that Shifty Seasoning is, uh, we, we went to Texas, Havelina hunting. That'll be an episode that comes out on Mossy Oak Go. Uh, here in the next few months you guys will have to check that out but we had a good time man we ate everything from from black buck to uh, rattlesnake while we was there and uh, and our main our main our main uh, seasoning was that shifties man and i i kid you not we had some guys in camp there 
and we was cooking that over our camp chef grills and and they was they were sampling everything we made and there was guys literally they jumped on their phones while we were sitting around the campfire and they started ordering off amazon <laughs> and uh, so they they were hooked man i mean i'm telling you that shifty seasoning so so that's our main ingredient for sure in everything we do but uh, yeah man that shifty seasoning y'all go check that out if you would yeah, I'll have to do that. I've heard, I mean, I've heard a lot of people using coffee for, for seasoning different things. So I could see that being a good secret ingredient for that, for that rub or whatever. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, and that's something else I want to talk about. You mentioned uh, Mossy Oak Go and, and your, in your show. I was just curious, where are y'all going to be hunting this year? What can people expect to see on your show when they tune in and that kind of thing? We're, we're born and bred flatlanders in the state of Kansas. And, and as you guys know, we got, we got some big old bucks there and, and so that's what that's what we's born into, and that's what we do the most of. So you're going to see a lot of a lot of open land uh, whitetail hunting, and uh, you might see some elk hunts, and uh, like I said, you're going to see some javelina hunts, and uh, and hopefully if if this season turns out to be all right, you're going to see some turkey kills as well. <laughs> but uh, no, it's going to be a good time, man. We we're all about we're all about God, family, and the great outdoors, and and, and good food. And so, yeah, you guys tune in to Mossy Oak Go and Kill and Eat TV, and it's going to be a good time. I promise you. Promise you, you'll have a good time watching it. So, hey, on, on that note, um, don't mean to cut you off, Jason, but I've, I've been wondering as far as turkeys go, do you have a state that you you like better than others? I know you're from Kansas. You probably spent a lot of time there and in Missouri, but are there any other states that you've hunted turkey in? Uh, let's see, man. That's a that's a good question. I honestly don't think – I think I've killed some turkeys in Oklahoma uh, through the years. But, you know, Kansas Kansas is one of those states, man. It's The, the coolest thing about it is, is that my main spot where I hunt there, it's right on the line where the, where the Rios, they come in from the west, and the Easterns, they come in from the east. And so uh, we, we went there last year, and, man, by the time it was said and done, a few of us on that place, we all kill, we killed an Eastern we killed a Rio and we killed hybrids. So that's uh, I'm partial to Kansas cause you just, it's like a surprise every time one comes in working the call and the decoy, you don't know what he's going to be until you get him on the ground. So, uh, but yeah, I've got a few different States and I'd like, I'd really like to go to Texas when I was down there having Lena hunting. Uh, man, we've seen lots of birds down there and there's just, there's nothing, nothing that works quite like a, you know, people say an Eastern's by heart, by far the hardest to kill in my experience. I mean, they'd, they're, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily that they're the smartest. I just think that you know that I've heard people call a Rio. They call them dumb, you know. And I don't. I don't think that's. A, I. I just think they're more aggressive. They're like a Mike Tyson of the turkey world. <laughs> I mean, they really are, man. If you talk about fanning a, a turkey, a Rio is the one you want to fan, man. They'll jump all over you. <laughs> man, yeah, yeah. I need to. I need to come to Kansas, man. I've. I've only uh, hunted pheasant and quail out there, and it's been several years ago. Never, I've never turkey hunted anywhere, but but East Tennessee, right here where I live, and uh, it's the most uh, it's it's the most frustrating kind of hunting I've ever done, and it could be the easiest kind of hunting I've ever done. Like I said, I've had them, I've sat down and had them come running to me on a dang string, dust one, and it's over within fifteen minutes. And then there's other times like this year. No matter what I've done, I've tried. If I go high, they go low. If I go left, they go right. If I predict where they're going to be, they're somewhere else. I go in early, you know, they don't gobble till late. It's been, it's just been one of those seasons. So I'd love to get out there and hunt, um, hunt the Rios. I, I've never, never hunted them. So that sounds exciting. 
we'll get together, man, and do it sometime. It's a it's an absolute blast, man. I'm telling you. Is there any difference in the way that you hunt them, or is it pretty much the same? Other than like you said, fanning, they'll come to the fan pretty good. Yeah. See, I think I think more of my experience is you don't have to call you don't have to call near as much at a Rio because they'll just they'll hang up as soon as you call they'll just strut out and and, and you know you don't call for a sec they'll come on a run again so you can I, I think it I honestly think it's just because they're so aggressive uh, that they they just they're it's just a different style of hunting you know they'll they'll come right in and they'll they're ready for a fight anytime man so that. I wouldn't say it, it's a lot. I think a lot of times you have to be more patient. I would say that with an Eastern, one hundred percent, you have to be more patient. And you know, you know that man. You've there in Tennessee. You've hunted. You've hunted Easterns for years. You know, sometimes it can be a headache, man. But uh, it's not. It's not near as much of a headache a lot of times with the Rio. That's for sure. So it's it's a little bit different. Awesome. You said a hybrid. I, I didn't know there was a hybridization between the two. Yeah, so them 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 Rios and the Easterns they'll meet up and then and you you really uh, you got on social media. There's what is it? Two years ago, me and my brother doubled up in Kansas, both on hybrid turkeys, and they're 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 a cool mix, man. They make a pretty fan, that's for sure. So does your calling change? Do you have different uh, ways you call for the different breeds of birds? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. There's guys out there that would say, yeah, man, I'll I'll switch to this. You know that because they got them, they got them Merriam calls and all these different collectors editions. But I, man, we use the same stuff everywhere we go, and it all seems to work. So yeah, just being honest with you, I think you can, I think you can kill them all with just a just a good cluck and maybe a purr here and there. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people's killed deer in blue jeans and in a white t-shirt too. You know, so <laughs> you just, yeah, you know, man. it's uh, I, I wouldn't say you could do a kill a turkey that way. You gotta probably they'll see you, but. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit different, but I know what you're saying, man. Fred Bear, Fred Bear, he killed him in flannel, man. Yep, yep, that's for sure. Well, before we run out of time, I wanted you to to talk about your uh, your podcast. I came across that as well. How many episodes y'all got with that going, and and is that something y'all do on a regular basis? Yeah, so that uh, we we kind of took a break for a little bit from that. We you know we when we joined up with Mossy Oak uh, as our as our main sponsor, we man, it's been just tremendous working with a company like that that's done so much for the outdoor industry and and so we've made some changes this year and it's been really busy so we've uh, kind of stepped away from the podcast a little bit but we're actually getting ready to relaunch it so you guys can definitely be looking out for that we'd love to have you guys on there as well my buddy dylan uh one of the other hosts of killing etv he, he's the one that runs all that he does a great job with it yeah so you there's some some episodes on there i don't know exactly how many but there'll be more to come and, and uh we've had we've had david blanton on there everybody knows that guy we've had jeff danker uh and uh who, who else we had on there several big name guys like that and uh mark jury actually we had mark jury on there not too long ago uh, and just just class that guy so yeah there's some good episodes on there you guys can check out awesome awesome well, hey, we're going to run out of time, so I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. But I appreciate you you being on the show with us. That's KillinEatTV.com. Uh, also found them KillinEatTV uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but, uh, Gabe, we appreciate you jumping in here. And, and Matt, appreciate you, too. I think this will be a great show for our viewers and listeners. And hopefully they'll learn something and take it and use it and uh, kill them a turkey this year. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure to be with you all. Uh, we're, we really appreciate it. 
Awesome. Same here. And, and yeah, and a lot of times we run into folks that they kill something, they don't know what to do with it, they don't know how to clean it, how to cook it and all that. So I think this is gonna be a great resource uh, for our followers to, to learn some recipes and learn what you do with it after you get the thing home. For sure. Awesome, yep. All right, well guys, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this uh, episode of Tennessee Wildcast and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.